0: Lounge Podcast. A Thought Lounge is an in-person, formatted dialogue with three to six people on the topics they are most passionate about. This week's episode is an excerpt from a Thought Lounge session with founder and executive director of Thought Lounge, Axel Kramer, on collecting stories. Subscribe on iTunes for more episodes like these, and for more information on Thought Lounge, visit thoughtlounge.org. Enjoy. My topic is... Collecting stories. So I want to know, well, okay, the reason I started thinking about this is I was listening to this podcast the other day, and it was this woman explaining, like giving a metaphor for um, her mind, basically, as a library full of books, full of chapters, full of paragraphs, and each one of those sentences was basically a little story, and the value of actually paying attention to it like that. So she'd, she'd say some of them, every once in a while, you know I'll have that story that I just wanna like, I've now written it in my memory, or at least in the, who I am, and I put it up on the shelf, and I can take it down some other time in my life. And my, my thinking is that some of those stories are more powerful and more influential than others. And so my, my question, and then I'll open it up for dialogue, is um, basically of the stories that you've collected, which have been the most powerful and why? Why have they been most powerful? Uh, maybe I could just give a couple, cause I want to bring you to like the frontier of my thinking on this topic. Number one, I think that stories that are very powerful often are first hand stories. It's things you've experienced. So uh, for example, when I was 14, I went out um, surfing one day and a guy had a seizure in the water and was completely not breathing, drowning. And there are 50 guys out surfing. and Nobody did anything. Everybody was just circled around. Didn't feel like they had the authority to actually go help this guy out. And I also have no real, had no real like experience, CPR training or anything, but um, I still made the decision to go get him and get my friend on board and just call people to action. Let's go do it. And that, that story has very much personally influenced me. I have gone and gotten all the training after that and thought a lot about why it is that people don't feel that uh, authority to do it. Um, and the second thing, which one of my friends brought up to me the other day, which I thought was really unique, is he said some of the most powerful stories are the w- that change your life are the ones that you unlearn. So he had said like, some of the sort, like when his father died, he was able to start unlearning some of the stories he'd been telling himself because his dad had been sort of telling those same stories his whole life uh, about his sexuality, about um, his career path that he wanted to choose, and so he was able to get rid of those stories, and that was the powerful thing because it made way for even just that gap left, let let the real him. The real stories about story about him, his real personal narrative, come up. Um, so those are my sort of like two thoughts on it. I want to hear your your stories <laughs> and your thoughts on why.
1: The only thing that I could really think of was when you were saying about the unlearning. I feel like one thing that as a society that we're told is that. If you have more money, you're going to be happier. If you buy more things, you're going to be happier. And I think when, like, that's something really hard to unlearn until you start doing it and, like, slowly you're, like, being involved and, like, like, being part of a community and, like, really, like, seeing the world for what it is is actually can be more worth it to you than, like, having new things and, like, accumulating a lot of wealth. And I think... I'm definitely starting to do that. Like as I get older, is just realizing like even though this is like I see everyone with all of their nice stuff, and I like sometimes I do want it, and I just have to keep like reminding myself that that's not something that's actually going to be fulfilling in the end.
2: I feel that's um, that's good to hear. I've been having a lot of those thoughts lately. Seeing <laughs> yeah. People's nice stuff. Um, I think. Probably for me, that this is the thing a lot of people go through is realizing that your parents are like humans and mm-hmm. kind of went through that like angsty teen phase where, ah, my parents don't know anything, you know, they're trying to control me and stuff. Um, but I think uh, like we almost got our house foreclosed on um, during like 2008, uh, 2009. And my parents own their own business and it's kind of related to real estate. They do pest control um, and just like actually seeing my parents like trying to solve like a real problem that was going to affect me um, just made them seem so much more human and I guess like let me actually connect with them as like people as I would with a peer, actually care how they feel um, yeah. mm-hmm. I think for me it's that a lot of times that
3: everybody's got a story but it's a lot of times a lot of work to uncover it and, you know, if anything, it's too easy to fall into the, you know, okay, you're a rich white kid, I know everything about you. Or the, you know, your, pick any number of things, the sort of superficial stuff we judge other people on, that there's a, there's a narrative that goes with that, that once you see somebody is, you know, this ethnicity, this gender, this age, this whatever, that, you know, okay. Yeah, I don't need to bother to talk to you. I know everything about you based on something like this. And one of the real kind of exciting things uh, when I was kind of freshman and sophomore in college, again, kind of going back to what I was saying, uprooted from your support system, thrown into this totally new environment with a bunch of people unlike anybody I'd ever met before, you know, just the the kind of the explosion of diversity coming from where I came from in high school to what college was like was a real eye-opener. And that was such a unique time to be able to learn these other stories and kind of r- realize that, uh, uh, You know, that everybody's individual, unique story was, yes, we are all members of these different sets, and the intersection of all those sets is some part of our identity, but it's not the sum of our identity. (coughs) And I've never been since in a situation that kind of had that openness or that we're all together in this kind of environment where we can get that, and I sort of, that's one of those... Gosh, I need to find some way to get back to that because that was where that was the one sort of, and I don't know whether it was just a specific place, a specific time in my life, or just the kind of everybody equally off kilter thrown into the same place. Um, and I think that's you know for me one of the great uh, values that kind of the university experienced. From, I don't have a one track mind here, but I am kind of coming back to this <laughs> that bringing people together at a formative time in your life at the right time is the place where you can really kind of learn that lesson at a time unlike, you know, that this is the time in your life that is the most fertile time for this to happen. And so, you know, this is I think a large part of what I would like to see us do is make sure that freshman year in particular mm-hmm. is set up for everybody to kind of have this 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 experience and this epiphany and that means you know, making sure we have a diverse student body, making sure you're all together in kind of these, uh, you know, learning environments and so on. So I don't, you know, like I say, it's kind of hard for an old guy like me to engin- socially engineer this sort of thing. But I do think it was, um, there was something special about that time in my life where I was able to kind of break out of that, uh, make those connections unlike uh, any, other, any other time, you know, either leading up to that or since, frankly.
0: I think I, I've heard a couple of really awesome things. Like that, that last thing, in times of uncertainty, you're more vulnerable to having stories influence you, mm-hmm. um, especially when you have a bunch of them and everybody's challenging you. Uh, I think that like the ultimate place for that is like freshman dorm, mm-hmm. you have, and they make, it, if it's a forced freshman dorm situation, right. and there's a certain amount of freedom, or at least the students are rowdy enough to the point where like they can't really control them that well. Um, and that's and that's when everybody has to start questioning, or at least allow themselves to be a little more malleable. Uh, I really liked what you said about empathizing with your parents. Like when you're actually able to find common ground with someone, that's when those stories, those secondhand stories, can actually become your own, uh, or actually make you live a different way. And then just like the point, you know, some stories are really hard to learn when they're not firsthand. Mm -hmm. when you haven't actually like like for example uh, so you said materialism but I was just thinking of drunk driving like one of my friends died drunk driving and I have friends who continue to do that and it's like unreal to me and so many people I've like had to be like no like you're not going to drive like how cheap is it for us to just take an Uber or I mean yeah anyways (laughs) compared to your life Compared it's to your really life, cheap. but in the moment, it's not. Uh, they haven't fully understood that story. Um, and I think sometimes too, it's really easy for. I was
2: listening to a podcast today. I was talking about that to like let your like emotions get in the way from like understanding like the actual like statistics of the situation. I mean, especially if like someone you know. It's almost counterintuitive if someone you know like died drunk driving. It's almost like easy to repress it, like oh, like that wouldn't happen to me. I'm fine to drive because it's it is really hard to like accept like it's like something terrible like that could actually happen to you.
1: Yeah, you always think like yeah, like you, like with cancer, like with anything, like oh, that happens to other people and not to me. And.
3: It's, it's always a challenge. So the, the, this is more now that I have to put on the nerd hat rather than my personal experience. But, you know, one, one of the issues as is sort of a social scientist the, the, that I wrestle with is a lot of the what does proof look like? You know, if I'm trying to make an argument that people behave a certain way or this, you know, a lot of what we do is centered around proof. And some of that is statistical. That individual anecdotes of I saw one person who behaved this way those are very powerful and compelling. And there's almost a, like we sometimes go too far the other direction of the, I don't want to get seduced by this compelling anecdote because maybe it's just unique to your situation. So I need to, excuse me, look at statistical proof and make sure that this is common across a lot of people and all of that. And one of my, uh, one of my kind of mentors along the way you know, said that uh, humans are just fundamentally wired to be uh, storytelling, pattern-seeking animals. And so, you know, the way we communicate what we know about the world is not, you know, a confidence interval or a stati- level statistical significance or sort of that, that, you know, we sort of, that's a, that's a device for disciplining ourselves a little bit, but the idea that You know, the individual... Well, yeah, I can talk about trends and all of this, but when I bring it down to here is a specific case that illustrates the more general point that I'm trying to make, that's the way we talk to each other. That's the way I think you... Oddly enough, that's the way you convince somebody,
1: even though...
3: You know, even, even though we want to have the, well, that anecdote might not be representative of everybody, but I do think that's the way we talk to each other a lot. is not so much about data and statistics and trends and all that. The thing that can really convince somebody is a
0: story. Thank you to all who participated in this Thought Lounge. Stay tuned in May, where we will be starting a new series on this podcast with special guests around the San Diego area answering big questions. Till next time. Good thinking always.